Hey guys, thanks for joining us today for episode 6 of the LT Motorsport Podcast. Uh, again, I'm joined by Jordan, Jack and Ollie. My name's Jay and uh, we've got quite a lot to get through this weekend with some big events happening. So let's get to it. Okay, so we're going to kick off just by talking about the events from the Formula One um, over in Azerbaijan. Bit of an eventful race, which we've been pretty lucky in the past, obviously, couple of years. Um, and this one didn't seem to disappoint with things happening to screw up strategy. And I mean, I think we had about three or four potential winners for the race throughout the different stages. Um, and I want to give their start off by giving their thoughts. Just what what a race in general. I am absolutely loving Formula One in 2018. It's produced three out of four good races so far. Hopefully in a couple of weeks' time, uh, it'll be four out of five. But yeah, I'm really excited for the season and the next race in Spain. I think it's just going to be an amazing weekend. That's not just because the Eurovision's on, but it's just genuinely Formula One this year is just fantastic. The race was just amazing. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think it's really helping having not just having the obviously the Merck dominating. I'm still expecting that to happen later in the season, but not to the same extent as previous years. I think right now um, having two teams close together actually means that more teams can get a look in because those two are fighting. Even though they're quite a bit faster than the other teams, it seems to give the others a bit more room and chance to catch up. So you get more in the mix. Hence the Red Bulls getting their, you know, getting their elbows out. And we'll come on to that after what happened in the end. But um, yeah, you've got them, you know, fighting. We've got some of the, the the middle tier teams as well are actually getting involved in some of the front racing, which is pretty pretty good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, as you said, yeah, the mid teams. Doing a decent job. Um, Sergio Perez got on the podium. First time since uh, actually the same race uh, two years prior that uh, he and Force India have been on the podium. But yeah, it was a very good race. Like, even the Renaults were competitive right at the start of the race. They were actually able to jump the two Red Bulls at some point before Hulkenberg put it in a wall and then Red Bull found their pace again. But yeah, it was... Yeah, it's great to see all it, it was it was really intriguing the race yeah I, I felt really actually talking of Hulkenberg I felt really bad for him because he's had like a really amazing run um in form and actually looked like he was kind of getting to that point where he might actually be looked at you know this guy like pe- more people will start to realize actually this guy is a really you know consistent finisher consistent qualifier um and then obviously just run into some problems. Yeah, well. well, the problem is he's binned it twice now in Baku on a potential podium because last year he binned it when he was right behind Lance Stroll. Did um, he? Can't remember that. Yeah, I remember. Was it? In oh the, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, sorry, before the yeah. castle section, he made a little silly mistake, yeah. and obviously this year he was ahead of the Red Bulls. I know, obviously, you were talking before this madness. But he was still ahead of Sergio Perez by a long distance. And uh, it's this the problem with Hulkenberg, I think, is now starting to slowly, in a controversial opinion, that he's not being looked at big teams because when the occasion comes to him, he never delivers. Yeah. You, always get, you always get your sixth and a seventh million points. But when it comes down, oh, there's a podium chart here. So in Brazil 2012, seen in Baku a couple of times. 
it's yeah. it's almost like he gets a little bit excited sometimes when the opportunity is there, and it, it yeah. does just end up. Ruining and it's the silly legs. mistakes. All three of those are silly. You know, fair enough. It's Carfe. You know, just poor Pate. It was just silly. You know, just got a bit of oversteer this race, and Baku a silly mistake by like hitting. You know, not misjudging the the turn. Yeah, in Brazil. It was a bit. You know, he was going on the outside of uh, the inside on the wet patch, and you just yeah. sit there and you're like, if that was someone else, that's even a Sergio Perez. You know, who took his chance beautifully, I'd say. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, and so... a good result. Them, yeah, the well, definitely. Well. Yeah, huge. That's a huge one for them. Um, they seem to be the team that pulls that out of the bag. They're the, yeah. the always. It says, kind of sounds contradictory, but they're always the surprise team. Yeah, yeah. It's because yeah, no. they have a small budget, and I, um, I think it helps this year that Williams are having a struggle. Well, they did get yeah. their first points, but even this year, Force India didn't have a good car. You know, I still don't. I, I obviously the characteristics of Baku is a long straight helped them, but. Uh, you know, it was all about what if that race. You know, Fernando Alonso, if he stayed out of trouble, probably could have got a podium in the end. Or, you know, any driver that just properly stayed out. Because the problem was Sainz looked good and then had an early pit stop, which wrecked him a little. And But you've got to be the right place, right time. And uh, Perez always seems to do that because he's had podium. Obviously, he didn't get a podium last year, but got podiums in 15 and 16. Uh, and 14, I'd like to say, I'm not too sure. Yeah, yeah I think it was at Bahrain, right? yeah, he did. Yeah, Bahrain, that was it. Um, and obviously, he had the problems of 13 with McLaren 2012, still got podium, should have won a race at Malaysia, um, especially. Yeah, I think this certainly puts him in the in the window for uh, another big drive because obviously, it's been doubted after his McLaren days. I think also, it doesn't help that Esteban Ocon is. It's another one of those what ifs. If Ocon kept out of trouble, he should have got the podium himself. But yeah, this whole race is all about what ifs. I know we're going to go on to it a bit soon. What if Vettel didn't uh, stay out longer? What if he didn't, yeah. you know, there's so much you could well, talk about. I mean, let's say, okay, the scenario that we got was a bit mad anyway, but let's assume that that, that move after the final safety car by Vettel went really wrong he could have taken, there could have been four cars the, the, the four up front running cars could have all been out of the race in one move yeah. another interesting, another what if which I sat there if Vettel took the lead would he have got the puncture because that's what because I know yeah. it was on the racing line and you would not expect Debris to be there and I, I sat there I know I always do this about what ifs but Potentially, he's re- he's got a fourth place instead of a DNF, and he's yeah. still only four points behind Lewis Hamilton in the standings. Yeah. And this year, he has a good. Not that last year was a bad car, but last year the Mercedes was still fastest, and Ferrari were just picking up the pieces yeah. when Mercedes fought with it. But this <laughs> year, Ferrari have got a very fast car, and it's just whether I think the big question point the remainder of the season is can he keep the development going the same rate as Mercedes yeah well that's what I was going to say I think it's all about development I know um you mentioned earlier Joe about you expect Mercedes to come and dominate in the second half of the season and um we talked about this a couple of weeks ago I think it's important for Ferrari you know but now that we're heading into the European part of the season to you know keep upgrading the car and keep trying to make it 
better than quicker than just to take that fight to Mercedes throughout the whole duration of the season because like last year they sort of faded away a little bit yeah, yeah agreed I mean I think also part of it is now some people disagree but I think Vettel is a very important part of the team as a whole because he's one of, yeah. it depends entirely on which this is something I said during the race as well but I think it is an overall point it depends entirely on the day which Vettel turns up to the track because yeah. if the Vettel that just sees a win and nothing else turns up, there could have been a four four car crash and you would have had bloody Alonso on the podium or something stupid. But it's uh, but I, and then I thought, okay, well maybe it's the the Vettel that turned up is going to be the one that goes. Well, look, I can settle for second, third, whatever. Uh, and I'm still going to be in a really good position. Well, it's, it's, it's what Lewis Hamilton's good at, isn't he? He's on That's the, what he's been doing this season. Time and it was Malaysia, which was none of his fault. Yeah. You know, you sit there and Hamilton constantly, he obviously got obviously gets a couple of wins, and he would have been under pressure if he didn't get this win. But even so, he was, you know, we're, before this race, we were deeming that Lewis Hamilton's had an absolute useless start to the year, but yet he was still nine points behind Vettel. Because he constantly gets these second, thirds, and fourths. You know, if he if he um, doesn't win, you always know he's going to be around there. He's always got something yeah. to play with. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And... Yeah, oh, I, I mean, I was going to say is so kind of in that that just that scenario on the last restart, the Vettel turned up, and actually, I think, and in between those two types of Vettel turns up. There was the one that went, well, let's go for a move. I mean, also, just let me stop there. He licked the stamp and he sent it for that move. That was yeah. like <laughs> a proper move. It was balls to the wall. Like, yeah, okay, he's going for the win or he's not, you know, he's going to drop way back. But it was, I think it was a measured move because he didn't, he, he made the move at a point where there's runoff. He knew who he was making the move against. Bottas, who's going to be more careful than some might be. So I think he he took everything into consideration there, and that yeah. I and think if he keeps that mentality for the rest of the season, he's one of those drivers that inspires the rest of the team, and he's yeah. going to push the development. And I think that will serve them really well for the second half. Because mm, that that um another way another reason why he should have gone for it was because really City that was his only chance, wasn't it? Yeah. He, he should have won that race. Everyone says Valtteri should have won it. No, Vettel should have won that race. Vettel, he, Bottas was very lucky to find himself in that position. At yeah, all. and I, I, obviously everyone has a heart for Valtteri Bottas because you need that luck in Formula 1. He just never seems to get it at the minute because he seemed to have got the luck in China and it fell away. And um, same here. And realistically, if there's a guy that should be leading the stand-ins, debatably should be him because oh okay we had the problems in uh melbourne but he still recovered well from 16th on the grid to eight yeah um but should have won in bahrain if he was a bit more ruthless he uh should have won in china if it wasn't for the safety car and he should have won in baku after the uh if it wasn't for the puncture um but i still think any, I know it's even Raikkonen. Still think any four of those drivers could win the stand, the title this year. Yeah, 
I mean, Lachlan was unlucky. He could, he probably should have got pole on Saturday if it wasn't for that yeah, tiny little bit of exactly. massive oversteer. And it all, you know, it was small stuff. Like if he didn't lock up in Q two and started on the super softs, he would, he would have had a better chance. And like you said, should have got pole position. And then we're talking about a Ferrari. You know, they probably would have won it because they could just mirror Bottas. And, yeah. uh, but Kimi. Because everyone keeps not giving him enough credit because Kimmy, like they said, he's before this Baku one, he started on the front row every race this season and he should have obviously started the front race this week. Um, so, and I don't exactly know what the gap is off the top of my head. It's around 30 points, I think it is, to Hamilton or something. But uh, after seeing that Hamilton he didn't deserve to win that, I think we can all agree. Obviously, can't take it away from him. You know, kept out of no. trouble. Yeah, exactly. He was, he was extremely lucky, and he needed that because uh, otherwise, you'd say out before, who's got the worst form? You'd say Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting with Spain because does this win now push Hamilton on, or is it just a, a not a lucky win, but a win that's sort of gifted a bit, but Valtteri's still there. Well, well, I think he actually realised himself how lucky he got yesterday or on Sunday because, you know, normally when Lewis Hamilton wins a race or even finishes on the podium, he's normally got a smile on his face jumping up and down. Yeah. But he wasn't really doing any of that. And it was kind of like a quite a subdued celebration from him. And he actually, straight as he jumped out of the car yesterday, rather than going to celebrate with the team. He went to Bottas, didn't he? He went to Bottas, and that must have been... before the podium, because he came out late to the podium. Yeah. I, I noticed that, and then apparently it was because he actually went to quickly see Valtteri. Yeah, okay. and I must I must admit, I'm not Lewis's biggest fan, to be honest, but I give him credit for that. I think that is really great sportsmanship. Well, yeah, OK, um... this is the pessimist here, so it might be an unpopular opinion. <laughs> I feel like this is me as a here. pessimist. Now, yes, great sportsmanship, uh, but like you said, you're not necessarily his biggest fan, but you respect him for it. You're a com- yeah. you're now a, someone who is converted. There's that. There's, I wouldn't say converted. Well, no, yeah. but now you've you know he's gone up in your estimations. Whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Now the other thing is, the Mercedes. Uh, well, the the general consensus was that Valtteri wasn't doing well enough, and that people were saying. It might not be there next year and blah, 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 whatever, you know, or it might not be there in the long term, whatever. Now, as a team number one, which Hamilton is undoubtedly the number one in that team and will always be, who would you rather on your team? Someone who is going to gift you places if he's asked or someone like Daniel Ricciardo who wouldn't? So whose corner would you Mm. fight publicly? I'll go the one that would gift your places. Well, and so could that just be yeah. a, yeah, look, it's all right, Valtteri, like, you know, that's great. Hey, team, look, Valtteri's actually really good. Let's keep him. I, I, I'm just I'm just being <laughs> pessimistic. But... No, no, I know what you mean. If you're in Lewis Hamilton shoes, it's, yeah, you know, keep the drive on curriculum because, you know, if Daniel Ricciardo comes into the team next year, I'm going to have to really fight for my spot as I'm number one driver. So, you know, keep Valtteri. Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll be the one winning your races and Valtteri can be the one finishing second and third and battling with um, Reichen. Yeah, no. I mean, you know, Hamilton's not an idiot. 
at all. He's a smart guy. So no, for him yeah. to maybe be thinking that, I, that wouldn't put it put it past him at all. Yeah, no. Anyway, that's my <laughs> that's my opinion for the day. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So all in all, it was a it was a really good race, apart from uh, brilliant to watch with the wheel to wheel with the red balls until it all went wrong. <laughs> Yes. Mm. Uh, I mean, it was really yeah. great race. It was great, and they had the little brushes, but it's okay. Everyone got away without any damage, and you know, blah blah blah. Did you see Christian Horner after that race? Oh, yeah. that was so wow! Cool. I, wa- I watched the <laughs> Channel the Four interview. Yeah, the Channel Four interview. <laughs> I, I I showed. Uh, I said uh, I was talking to my mate today uh, at college, and um, uh, and and I said, did you see? christian's interview he and i said no 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 he said no and i showed him it and i said this is the most awkward interview you will ever see it really is the most awkward awkward interview i've I've ever watched and yeah he yeah about one minute 30 in what another one my mate said is it really that all yeah yeah really is that i mean did you also hear the the, when they where the guys went round to speak to the journalists when the, the you know both the drivers went around to speak to the journalists they pretty much regurgitated the exact same statement yeah so do you think they were coached a little bit before they went out yes I yes do. no definitely because christian Horner actually did say in that interview they should be saying sorry they should be yeah. really apologetic <laughs> it's almost like that's it's not what they should be doing it's what i want them to do yeah, I um, mean, both of them said there's no blame between either of us. I don't blame the other guy, um, but we have let the team down. Like, yeah, it was the word for word, the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was brilliant because it was just like who's so fa- political. Whose yeah, fault no, it, really it was, by the way, or if if anyone's. <sighs> I sit there and I think if that's the if those two cars are the other way round and the Stappen hit Ricardo. It would be the stuff. It would be a hundred million percent Max's fault. But because yeah, no. Daniel is not the nicer guy, but the guy that seems to let, set he example nice on how guy. to overtake, did it in China, showing young Max how to do it, and all of a sudden, I know that Max moved to the left a bit and it was holding him up. But it, you know, the team. I still don't know how this happened, but the team pitted Max a lap later and he came out. Yeah, that was really odd. It's that's still confusing. uh, There just just wasn't enough heat in Baku. Um, yes, it was too windy. Yeah, but um, yeah, uh, I see it as 50 50. However, if I were to apportion blame, I'd apportion it more to Verstappen because when you watch it, he weaves not once, uh. But, tw- yeah, uh, that's but, but twice on the straight, he Wait. weaves right at the start of like the DRS point. That that is what he, I. Say. That's the only he, reason. He uh, he weaved quite heavily, and then he and then he changed a direction of braking to cover off um, Daniel going into yeah. turn. Uh, now, do you? It's just something you don't see. Cause it's unsportsmanlike. In yeah, way. I remember when um. Uh, it's been banned since uh, ever since uh, Petrov did Petrov it in um, Malaysia, Hamilton. 2010, with yeah, with Lewis Hamilton. So, surprise, I surprise. mean, 
<laughs> Does anyone actually think that um, Ricardo should have backed out of it a little bit sooner? Because even if he'd have went up the inside, I'd have laid money on him running out of room and I'm the, doing it. Yeah, a, the way I look at it is it's going to slow both of you down massively, even though he pulls off that move. And then Max would probably get the switch back, maybe. Yeah. And I think the problem was another controversial opinion, but I think Max should have also. I, don't, I just think Red Bull weren't strong enough to. I know Team Orders abandoned that, but to sort of like gently tell Max Daniel is faster because he was, wasn't he? Daniel was faster yeah. than Max. Yeah. And Max was holding him up. I know that they weren't really, you know, he wouldn't have caught up Hamilton, but even so, it's. And it was more the fact that they were flirting before, you know, so close to hitting each other. You're like, I knew this was going to end up in a crash. And. If Daniel just sort of like, if Max has let Daniel through, they would have easily got fourth and fifth. And you never know, another day if that puncture happened, you know, he might have even got a podium, but yeah. they've lost, what is it? They've lost 10 of 12, 22 yeah. points in the constructors now. Because of, I personally think it's not the greatest team management. I like Christian Horner, but. I just thought he should have been a bit stronger saying to Max, look, Daniel is much faster. Daniel is faster than you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but at the end of the day, as racing fans, we want to see, you know, arguably two of the best uh, F1 drivers on the grid currently going at it, hammer and tongue, and um, pulling off some great overtakes, which is, to be fair, what they were doing on each other. And um, I don't actually mind a little bit of bumping and scraping because of, at the end of the day, rubbing is racing. But, um, you know, as, as team management well, is used to Dolly, I do agree with that. It fans, doesn't it? Yeah, you no, know, it does. Because team, not, don't get me wrong, I do not want to see team orders put on that Red Bull because they, they could, undoubtedly, they got the two best overtakes in Formula One, in my opinion. And uh, I just. It's tough because you always see, you can either see it as a fan's perspective or a driver's perspective or a team owner's perspective, sponsor's perspective, you know, so many perspectives to look at. It just depends. Do you want exciting racing for your fans and it will work 95% of the time, but then there's always that 5% risk? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the team should have weighed it up a little bit better, but, you know. It's um, it's a shame that it ended up the way it did, because it would have been nice to see them race and fight right to the finish or something, you know, and battle for the for a position actually to the line, which we've seen happen there quite a lot. But yeah, overall, I think a really, really, really good race. Um, I actually really enjoyed that. I was like quite, quite satisfied afterwards, which is rare at the moment. Sometimes you find. Races are a little bit lacking. Yeah, even even though Hamilton, well, I'll be honest, I'm not his bigger, biggest fan either, but I, I sat there, I was a bit proud, actually, because you always hear, oh, F1's boring, and it's a bore sport. And I just sit there, I'm like, if you think that's boring, you can bugger, you know, bugger off, because that was a yeah. bloody entertaining race. Yeah. And the, the best bit of motorsport is unpredictability. Who would have thought, 20, you know, Lewis Hamilton was going to win? I'm not going to lie, at the safety, at, during the safety car, I messaged my friend and he screenshotted. I said, I bet you Hamon's going to win. So I feel a little bit proud about that. But, uh, but yeah, it was a brilliant ending. 
Yeah. And all, uh, there's also one thing I want to cover because I don't know if you've seen this, but um, and it's a little bit off topic. But um, have you seen the Magnus and Gasly incident? Uh, uh yes, no. yes, I have. Because I, because uh, Gasly was uh, saying that Magnussen was one of the most dangerous drivers he's ever raced in, and, and I thought he just meant he. But no joke, he pushed him into the wall, three hundred kilometers an hour. Jesus. And, yeah. and it was along the back straight, and then even worse, even though he put him into the wall, he sort of turned left again on him, and tried to push him near the pit straight. So we had to go out the front wall again. Oh, and God. I'll be honest, because obviously he had the controversial suck my balls and all that last year but uh, <laughs> yeah and uh, Alonso saying Olkenberg is right but the way I look at it, Roman Grosjean got a couple of warnings and then it, when one big accident happened he was banned and I've been funny if Gasly just kept his foot in there he I'd get a billion percent Magnus and would have been banned because yeah you know it's on the F1 website so take a look everyone if you can have a look because it's pretty terrifying, actually. For that, what I can say is Magnussen, I believe, got a 10 second penalty and two penalty points on his license. And those mm. extra two penalty points on his license mean that he's up to eight. And if he gets four more points, he's out. The ban, yeah. So I'm not sure how long the ban will be for, though. But yeah, one thing, one very final thing I'd like to point out is um, I read something today that uh, Baku is going to be replaced for next year by Miami. Miami, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, no, I was actually going to ask let's, you guys what you think of this as well. Let's bleed and pray it never happens because Baku what they is should do is they should, if they want to put Miami in, get rid of Russia. Just get rid of it. There's, yeah. so, there's so many boring tracks. Russia, Abu Dhabi. Even Brazil's not that exciting. The only thing exciting about Brazil is the fans, and they're a bit crazy, aren't they? Also, yeah. I could I could see my, Miami is American, Liberty Media, Chase Carey, they're American. Yeah. I can see it opening the season. I can see Miami opening the season. However, Formula E went to Miami a couple of years ago, and they weren't allowed to go back for, for environmental reasons. That yeah, is, that's, that's, nice. that's, that's Formula that's, E. That aren't allowed to go back for environmental reasons. Formula One, you've got no shot. You've got no chance whatsoever. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I'm up, I'm up for a Miami race, but to replace the most exciting race of the season is because yeah. <laughs> who would have thought? That. Who would have thought us a couple of years ago? Uh, uh, us saying now, yeah, Baku, uh, most exciting race of the year, isn't it? Yeah, because would have thought that a couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, we'll watch this space on that one. Um, right. Moving on, because I think we have waffled long enough A little for bit, yeah. F1. Uh, but it was deserved. It was deserved the waffle. Yes, it, so. was, it was worthwhile. Um, obviously, a little segue there, mentioning Formula E. Let's talk about it. That happened, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, John Eriksson, his home race. Uh, and he absolutely dominated it. He started from pole, led every, led every lap he could, and um, yeah, and he won the race very trium- triumphantly. Lucas Degrassi came second, however, uh, and Samba third. However, that doesn't really tell 
much of the story. Um, Lotterer was second, wasn't he? Andre Lotterer was second, yes. And Going into, what, three corners to go? Mm. And, and um, I remember the, the finish line, I remember seeing it, and all of a sudden you have Sam Bird with three <laughs> wheels putting his arm in the air celebrating. <laughs> no, 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 he wasn't celebrating. He was angry at Lotterer. I believe. Oh, was he? I thought it was celebrating. No, 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 no. He was um he was still angry at Lotterer for doing what he did. What happened was Lotterer was trying to do defend his position and by that he was trying to do what Magnuson did to Gasly in Formula One just at a really, really slower speed than that. Uh just cut him off. Um Sam had three wheels on his wagon when he came to finish third. Mauro Engel finished fourth, which was a great race for Venturi. And when we needed it because Mortara had that amazing race in Hong Kong, and he, he also should have scored some points yeah. as well if he didn't bin it. And because uh, they've because when you always look at the manufacturers coming in, you look at BMW, Audi, DS, Renault, obviously it'll be Nissan. Porsche, and then you have Venturi who are just a monoguest team, you think, yeah, and they. They, they focus have... on the electric land speed record, so they're not they're not as much into making road cars, which is effectively why all these other companies are coming in. They're all doing it to test uh, different mm. uh, different EVs so they can shove them in the road cars. But yeah, Venturi have always been fully electric, but they've they've always focused on land speed record and. They've had a shaky time in Formula E. At the start of the year, it looked like they would that they would do pretty well. However, it's been a very wishy-washy season for them, and I think fourth place from our angle is a very good result for them. Um. Okay. So, what? What's your? Anyone have got any sort of standout moments from the race or? Sorry, the last lap the last lap is that was yeah the last lap was the main thing because everyone was super confused in terms of what happened there but yeah uh lotter for that instant he's been given a 10 place penalty for berlin um yeah i think that sums up the last lap um what's the championship like now uh whatever happens leaving berlin jeff will lead the championship Okay. That's that's how much Validi has now. It was the same situation in Rome. However, because Sam Bird won and Jeff finished fifth, it meant that he could have lost the lead coming out of this race. However, now whatever happens heading into Zurich in June, which is in two rounds' time, uh, he will be the championship leader. And he is... Definitely dead for, for, well, actually, I, I'd i like to point out something about Buemi. Now, coming into this season, Buemi was the one who always won a third, almost half He's of the races. Won a race this year, hasn't he, he hasn't won a race. He hasn't won a race this year, and that is unheard of. Yeah. Um, so, and also, yeah, Degrassi hasn't won a race, however. I do have a feeling that that will come sooner than later. He has finished second in the last yeah. three races, so. But um, yeah. Do you, well, do you think? I assume you don't see Degrassi being a title contender after his. Sorry, it's tough, isn't it? It's a shame. Well, 
if he keeps up this performance, he could have a math- mathematical shot yeah. heading into New York. However, he uh, he's now been to fifth in the champion, which means he will whatever happens now he'll be in um come qualifying he'll always be in the group with Buemi, Bird, um Rosenfist and Vern. Yeah, yeah. I think the good thing about it is because the pressure's sort of off him now because the pressure immediately was he's now the world champion, even though some people say he didn't deserve it because Buemi's no show in a New York. Well. Um, it's uh, one thing. One thing that I do take away from that season is if you either take Degrassi's points away from the New York race, he'd still be champion. Or if you take, or if you take, or if you remove the disqualifications when we had, Degrassi would still be champion. So for me, yeah. I think that's still a deserved champion. It's a tough one because I still sit there with that one, and I still think. The moment, momentum's always a big thing. I think Boemi knew hands down that he because Degrassi didn't even win in New York, did he? It was a dom, you know. No, he came uh, fourth and fifth. Fourth and fifth. Races. Yeah, that was it. But um, yeah, I another interesting point from a uh, Pariso was how slow Rosenquist was because he's always been there. Rosenquist was a bit of a surprise. I mean, he looked all kind of loose uh, in uh, in qualifying. Mm. Uh, qualifying this time, uh, it was the first group was the top five, second group was the second five, third group was the third five, and then the last group was the bottom five in the championship. Yeah. So, and, and I'll be honest, that's the way I want it to be every single weekend. It makes sense, doesn't it? But yeah, they do they do a lottery for which order that they go out. However, yeah, even even Jack Nichols agreed with me in commentary this weekend. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, Formula. Uh, but yeah, it was still it was still a decent race for Formula E uh, Formula E standards because Formula E standards are quite high in terms of entertainment factor. Yeah, however, pretty boring race for her. Yeah. It was boring for Formula E, but it was, but that means good for it was decent. It was decent, but um, yeah, uh, a very exciting race. Um, I don't think Rose and Chris can win this championship now. He no, he's dropped too many points. He had a poor weekend. Uh, he's now sixty-one points off the championship. It's Jeff's to lose, really. Bird could maybe get it, but it's Jeff's to lose. Yeah. Uh, I th- I think if Bird has the same weekend as he had in last year, then uh, it could be very close come the end. However, we'll just have to find out. The next race is in three weeks' time in Berlin, and actually, something interesting about that race is the timing. Uh, the time there's a time change because everything's delayed by two hours because of something to do with, in Germany. Not because of the royal wedding. It's because something to do with the Germany deal or something like that. So the race starts at six local time instead of four. Just wanted to point that out. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, well, I think we shall, as long as everyone's sort of got everything across they wanted to, yeah. I think we shall um, leave it there because we have talked quite a bit today. Um, <clears throat> and that's not just on the podcast. No, no, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
We're always team building here at uh, LT Motorsport. Yep. Um, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, cool. All right, guys. Well, I just want to say thanks again for joining me as usual. Um, always a pleasure. Never a chore. Thank, Thank you. you. Yep. Thank you. Oh, and thanks, guys, for listening.